For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Duncan had it. They turned it over. alley back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Hello and welcome to the Wolf Among Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. As always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Hedke NBA. And the show is on Twitter at A-W-A-W underscore podcast. As always, we're part of the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast network on awolfamongwolves.com. Today, I'm joined by editor-in-chief of Canis Hoopus, Kyle Tigies. He's been on the show a few times, but uh, he's back. And we are going to just kind of talk about Timberwolves in general. And then we have a couple uh, takes that I asked for on Twitter that we'll talk about as well. But how's it going, Kyle? How's, how are you doing today? It's going well, man. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, no, thanks for coming back on. It's always a it's always a good time talking to you. Um, our optimistic podcast episode from before the season doesn't look so good right now, just for a myriad of reasons. But <laughs> um, the Timberwolves they've been they've been disappointing. Um, but it's it's I guess my thing is how are you feeling after the Atlanta game because it wasn't as in my opinion wasn't as bad as like you know the Lakers and Clippers and Blazers games. But it obviously wasn't as good as like the three wins we've had in the season. So, on your scale, like where, how are you feeling after that game on Monday? Uh, well, the good news is, is I had Monday off because uh, I technically work for the government. So watching the Timberwolves for like on my lunch break or like around lunch was actually pretty fun. I didn't think the game was that bad, even though there was I think what did what was it like forty one combined turnovers? I think between it was the two more teams. Than that. I wouldn't. I don't remember for sure, but I think it was. Atlanta had 26 by themselves. I don't remember exactly oh, what the okay. Timberwolves Okay, it was probably had, so. worse. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was ugly. Uh, like we said, you and I hooked up uh, in the beginning of the season. We were both pretty optimistic. Um, but yes. I also didn't think... What were you going to say? How many turnovers? 42. So you're, you're 42. 42. Okay. Yeah, that was bad. Um, but, no, I mean, we were optimistic uh, back in early December. and But we also didn't predict you know, Carl getting COVID or Carl almost or, breaking his wrist. Um, right. He's played, I think, what, four games now? Four. 
Um, so the team, I mean, real, I'm sure we're going to talk about this more, but like, I'll be real. The team is terrible. The team is yeah, not good bad. right now, but, um, and there's a whole nother spinoff into how much, like how, how can you build your roster that's so self-dependent on one guy, right? Like the old LeBron right. Cavs years, where it's like, if he's out, that team is a 10 win team. Right. That's not good, but it's also, I mean, I don't, I, there's a lot we can say about Rosas and his front office and we'll talk about it coming up here, but, uh. I just think it's it just sucks because you hate you hate to lose, but and the Atlanta game was a very winnable game, um, but I I don't know I just at some point this team needs to win or people are going to get fired. It's that yeah. simple. At, at some point Ryan needs to string together good progress or he's gone. Same with Rosas, like he's not going to be here forever. Um, but at least now I feel like you have some built-in excuses. Like you look around the league, teams that lose guys. I mean, yes, for every Memphis, there's a lot of teams that lose their star guy, and they're just kind of flat. Yeah. Um, and we're So if Carl's played four games this year, like you said, that means he's played five games with D'Angelo Russell. It's been exactly. a year, <laughs> and it yeah. feels like it's been six years, and we're already ready to blow it up again. But it's like, I think if you can just close your eyes and get through Carl's you know, positive COVID test, which, again, he has every right to take his time coming back. Yeah. Because that's a real thing that affects your health. But um, if he can come back, knock on wood, I'm still optimistic to see what this team can do. I'm still optimistic yeah. to see the pieces uh, starting probably in February. My optimism honestly hasn't wavered uh, for a healthy Timberwolves team. It's probably actually grown just by what we've seen from like, like certain things we've seen that we maybe didn't expect, like Carl just being like really good on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and Malik like, ensuring us that he is who he was last year at the, you know yep. the last 15 games of the season um but there has been things that have taken it down a notch obviously um like uh ricky rubio he hasn't looked good like that brings my optimism down yep. a little bit and then like um but things like jared vanderbilt working his way into the rotation makes me feel good wancho kind of brings it back a little bit so it's about at the same level that it was before the year but but the, the wolves have to get healthy and stay healthy for me to continue this optimism because like you said the, the Timberwolves are going to be bad without Cat because the team is so dependent on him but realistically like think about some of the other teams with like big name players like how good are the Nuggets if Jokic goes down they're probably in a relatively similar situation to the Timberwolves they would be better but they're better with Jokic than we are with Towns too so like step by step like they probably move down just as many steps losing Jokic as the wolves do losing cat so sure you can make that that argument that we depend too much on cat but i think we depend on cat the same amount that the nuggets depend on Jokic. they just are a better team and they made it to the the western conference finals last year so like i think you can win with cat there just you're gonna have to find a way to stay afloat without him and that's where the Timberwolves have really lacked is not even you got one win with without cat and it was a game where the other team was also missing their best player and you were riding the high of just cat just being a dog the night before and just i don't know just like lighting it up in the interview after the game like that propelled them to that win so what's going to propel them to get a win or two before cat comes back i i don't know i mean it, t- to go back to your original point, like if you're pessimistic on the Wolves or you don't like Ryan or you don't trust Gers, like you're valid. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You know what I mean? Like I think sometimes guys like you and I get 
shaded a, a weird color because we're optimistic because we decide. I mean, again, we all tune into this every day or every other day, right? They have yeah. games every other day between now and like Valentine's Day. It's crazy. Um, yeah. My optimism lies in the fact that, again, I'll say it like they're the worst basketball team in the league right now. There is no debating it. And if you hate them right now and you hate watching them, you are correct. My optimism comes in is, is if you, if this was an expansion team that didn't have the Timberwolves lore of being really bad for as long as we can remember and all you did was focus on this one year and this product i think you'd be optimistic because i really i mean the detroit game to start the season was really ugly but they kind of just did enough to win and then they blew us all away by going into utah and winning again and when carl's on the court they win so yes there's a whole topic about well is it is it a really good roster construction if you're missing one guy and your team sucks i don't know probably not yeah, like, there's we just talked about in it. And the, the the Denver thing is a kind of a beautiful analogy. Like we haven't seen Denver play without Jokic for a while, but I've watched plenty of Denver games just being on the West Coast and stuff. And I kind of I've kind of been intrigued by them because I thought they outperformed their but, roster yeah. in the bubble. I agree. And they're six and seven. I mean, it, it they have three more wins than the Timberwolves, and I think you would think that they have forty. You know what I mean? Just right. like, yeah. it's still so early in the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they were without Jokic, man, I, they might just get pummeled for a couple of weeks. So, so again, these next two weeks, if Carl does come back on a on a on a two week kind of plan, these next two weeks are gonna be horrible. And I I don't know who's gonna survive it. Um, but I just think you know, like coming up, they have the Magic. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. The Magic yeah. are at home on Wednesday in Minnesota on Wednesday. They've lost six straight. They're not very good either. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, but, and, and they're they're really injured too. I mean, everybody is out for them. Like everybody. Yep. Um, so that's a game that the Timberwolves need to to play and like be in that game. And even the game yesterday against the Hawks, like the Timberwolves were in that game. It's just they didn't do enough to to close out that game. And there was a lot of opportunities there, and they just didn't take advantage. Like twenty six yep. turnovers from. Uh, the Hawks, like the Timberwolves, need to take advantage of that, and they just they didn't. But Orlando's going to be just as winnable game, I would say. When you talk about um, everybody that's out already, has been like Mobamba's been out, Alfred Camino, Chumo Okiki, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, they've all been out, and then now Michael Carter Williams, Evan Fournier are out. So you're left with like Cole Anthony, Nikola Vucevic, and Aaron Gordon. Like that's who you're going up against. How do the Timberwolves combat that? How do they stop Vucevic? And and just like you said, all those guys you listed in the teams, talking about the Hawks game, they get the Hawks again on Friday. You know what yeah. I mean? So they do have some winnable games coming up. They're at home. Um, there's a pretty cool stat. I mean, you're far more analytically inclined than I am, but um, our, our friend Real Super Dave, uh, he's Super Stats Dave on, on Twitter. Uh, it was the, the turnover one, the 14 yeah, mark? Yep, yeah, tur- turnover. Uh, he said turnovers are a key factor on the Wolves win or lose. 13 turnovers or less, they're 3-1, and one, and if they have more than 14 turnovers, they're 0-8. Oh um, yeah. They're the youngest roster in the league, so you would expect turnovers. But like you said, they forced, what, 26 turnovers for Atlanta? That's awesome. Like, if you rewatch yeah. the game, which is always my biggest thing, like, to understand this team is to go back and rewatch it when you're not trying to live tweet it or whatever. They actually were like in a lot of passing lanes. Like they did some <clears throat> yeah. things really well, 
But if you for, but so I'm I'm building them not building them up to then tear them down. If you get 26 turnovers and you lose the game, that's a really bad loss. That's yeah. a really bad loss. So then that starts to go into rotations, and you know you can't. The Timberwolves again. I watch a lot of other basketball, but I think the Timberwolves have to give up the most 10-0, 12-0 runs. I, yeah. It just seems like it. I don't know how to find that online, but I just that's like a cri- criticism of Ryan I have is that. Uh, you, I've watched games where a team gets a 4-0 run and the coach is halfway on midcourt calling a timeout. That he was just senses it. That was Lloyd Pierce on Monday, yesterday. He yep. And I tweeted out, I said, the Timberwolves had a 4-0 run and Lloyd Pierce called a timeout. Ryan Saunders would the se- never call that timeout. Start the second half, right? Yeah. They got yeah. two easy, easy buckets. If you go back and look at the game log at 12, or at 11.31 in the game, was so 11.31 left in the third, Lloyd Pierce, the Hawks coach, called a timeout. Yep. That's the type of stuff where it's like, <laughs> I don't. I think Ryan, who is also the what I think the youngest head coach in the league. Yeah, um, I think either and, him or Jenkins or is I Jenkins. Think yeah, him. so one of the youngest, if not the, has the youngest roster. Like he needs to, especially now that I feel like the general consensus is the Heat is turning up on him a little bit. Um, he needs to be far more micromanaging than like he can't go Phil Jackson on some of this stuff. He can't yeah, just right. let his he can't let his young guys try to just f- dig out of a twelve zero run because that's when you lose the game. Um, and right. if you go back and watch that Memphis game, that's why that Memphis loss was brutal. Is because for better or worse, they handed it to Memphis for three quarters. Yes, Memphis was without John Morant. Like I, I get all that, but they were handed it to him. But then they had this one just. This momentum, you could feel it watching it at home. It's like, oh, this is going to keep getting worse and worse. And Ryan just didn't stop the bleeding. And that's where you have to criticize him. It's like you have to understand and read the room um, and not be afraid to strategically use those timeouts. Like you lose them. You lose certain timeouts if you don't call them prior to the three-minute mark. Like you got to kind of understand some of that stuff. Lloyd Pierce literally called a timeout at 3.01 in Monday's game because he was going to lose it and the Wolves were making – a, another small run he just called a timeout because he was going to lose it anyway yep. and just to kind of stop the bleeding and i don't want to go too deep into saunders because you jack and jake on paint points the other day uh be- this was before the atlanta game i think um you went really deep into like saunders and all of that um and i don't have a lot to add just because i don't think there was like a huge glaring anything huge and glaring that came out from yesterday's game with them um but yeah, I, I just want to say like that conversation was really good. So if you listening, um, haven't listened to Paint Points podcast by Jake Painting, um, him, Kyle, and uh, Jack Borman were on there. They talked about that. But um, yeah, Saunders needs to figure that type of stuff out, like when to stop the bleeding, what rotations work. The rotation thing, I give him a little bit of leeway just because of the injuries, but also like he's had enough time with without cat to realize what what works with the guys that replace him and, and what doesn't work um so that's gonna be something i'm gonna see if he can figure that out at all before towns comes back because cat tested positive on january 15th and it's at least 10 days so the 10th day would be the 24th so the timberwolves first game after that is the 25th in golden state so I don't know if Cat's healthy by then. If he didn't, we don't know if he's had symptoms. We don't know anything to that extent. But that is theoretically the first game he could play if he tests negative and he's feeling good. But I don't know what travel would look like. Can he travel there by himself with league pro- protocols, or does he have to go with the team? Like I don't know what any of that looks like. 
that's the soonest he could possibly be back, which is four. We, he'd miss three more games. What does Ryan do which, in those three or more games to to get this team like a, keep them afloat? Because if they lose four games until Cats come back, they're three and thirteen. Right. Yeah. So they have, like you said, they have the Magic coming up on Wednesday, the Hawks on Friday, the Pelicans on Sunday, all or Saturday, all at home. Um, yeah. All teams that, if you just click the standings button, uh, are also struggling. Like it's all teams yeah. that you know the Pelicans have had their ups and downs. Um, but I think, yeah, the Pelicans are five. So all teams that are under 500, um, even yeah. the Hawks, who just beat the Wolves and looked sloppy, I mean, they're underwhelming. And then the, I, I think we talked about this. I talked about this with Jack and Jake, and you, we've talked about this before, you and I, but like sometimes when you're really mad at the Wolves and you have every right to be, you should just like take a step back and just like peruse Twitter or yeah. online or whatever. Or and just like there are so many teams that are disasters. <laughs> Yeah, and kind of dumpster fires right now, um, and every win builds up a fan base. But yeah, the Wolves have lost what how many in a row now? Um, so yeah, for your question, these next three they have to get one because this season to me was always kind of going to be low expectations. I think others would push back on that, but it's the reality. Um, yeah. But those those two games next week are both in like a it's like a or a way in a way at Golden State, who yep. the Wolves Monday have and Wednesday. The Wolves have many connections. With the Golden There's State a, Warriors yeah. right now, <laughs> there is a ton of uh, revenge. It's probably game their biggest. With... Yeah, it's probably their biggest rival, just based off of the yeah. interconnectivity of the two uh, franchises, um, and not having Carl for both those games, which are two of the only four <laughs> uh, nationally televised, televised games for the Timberwolves. Yeah. Um, that would suck. So ideally, yeah, you get Towns back for at least one of those matchups. You can throw him at Wiseman. Uh, James Wiseman's been looking very promising at points, but he's also looked really Lately, bad against veteran bigs. <laughs> I saw a Warriors fan literally say, send Wiseman to the G League um, on Twitter <laughs> yesterday. So, Or maybe it was even today. Like, And that's the thing, like, too. I don't want to get into Ant right now, but like, Ant's been struggling. Wiseman's been yep. struggling, you know? like that, They're just rookies, so I don't think there's too much to talk about. But like you said, like if Cat's not playing in those two games, like... That sucks because, like, those are games that could really build up the Timberwolves just being on national TV. People actually watching the Timberwolves yep. play and, like, understanding what's going on, especially if Cat's there. Because I don't think people have across, like, because I watch, like, or I listen to podcasts nationally and stuff, and people haven't realized, like, the impact Towns brings on the defensive side of the ball, too. Um, because they're not watching, they see his box score and it looks like, okay, that's, that's Carl Anthony Towns. He's got 12 and a half rebounds, 20 something points, four assists. Like it's, it's cap, but they don't, yep. they don't realize the impact he's brought on defense just because they haven't watched him. And I don't blame them. People in Minnesota can't even watch the Timberwolves right now because FSN just sucks. So like, how can people all across the country really watch? I mean, you can, obviously it's, it's workable. You can do it, but like legally, like there's not a lot of options there. Um, which is disappointing, but I don't know. I, I, I no, hope but, he's but, but, back but, as soon as possible. Uh, you're muted, what, Kyle. Uh, Oh, really? Okay, let's get back to this, because I had a really good take there. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, I, I didn't want to interrupt your, your, your style there. No, go for no, it. No, your, your, your .1 of our agenda is these next three home games are really important. Ryan needs to, I think Ryan's job is still safe. And that's a whole nother podcast for six hours. Yeah. Um, 
I agree. But I, and I like I that point Ryan, you made with Jake and Jack. I, that point made total sense to me. Um, you well, you can't. Yeah, my point was you can't bring David Vanterpool or whoever else in right now yeah. to coach this when the team is literally broken because all you're doing is right. setting that person up to fail too. So, but Ryan needs to coach like his job is depending on. It. Um, and he, he needs to tighten Ryan. One of Ryan's calling cards, and I always call it the, like the Luol Deng strategy, is that he knows how to like kind of throw a guy into the rotation that's intriguing. Like Lu, he he like, got the most out of yeah. Luol Deng uh, his first year under when he came in for Tibbs, just because they needed a spark, and Luol Deng gave him a spark. The problem right. was is that Luol Deng was washed, so he yeah, was done. Measure. Right, so yeah. he didn't even like sign a contract again, and then he retired. Yeah, the Lakers um, tried that, to get a get a career-ending injury thing. Yeah, yeah. For him after he played for the Timberwolves, like that is how washed Luol Deng was when he. But he, but 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 to the point, like Saunders got something out of him. He looked good in the in the few games he played. Right, and if you were watching that Hawks game, I think you and I were both like jaws dropped when all of a sudden Jaden McDaniel subs into the rotation. So like, no, that's I like to double Saund- take. I like that's where I Ryan is it good. I typed it out on Twitter. I was like, I think Jaden McVander, Jaden Van, no, Jaden McDaniels is coming to the game, and I was like, I think my eyes are deceiving me. And then I saw Ed Davis was in there, and I was like, oh, maybe they changed their mind. But then, yeah. but then McDaniels was out there too, and I was like, wait, what? I was for it. I was so for it because, and this is kind of a spoiler for you, but people listening will prop the article will probably be up. But I just finished up this afternoon a piece on Jaden McDaniels. And oh, basically, nice, nice. I talked about, does he deserve a chance to be in this rotation while Cat's out? Like, is that his spot, or is Lehman going to take that spot over? Um, and when asked about that today, I just watched the after-practice interview with with uh, Saunders. Uh, I don't remember if it was Dane or who asked, but they said something about Jake Lehman getting back that spot. And um, Ryan said everybody will get their chance at some point. So he didn't make it sound like Jake was going to have that spot back for sure next game. Um, okay. So my point point in the article is like, is that Jaden's spot until Wancho comes back? And if it is, like, what can we expect from him? And then I also talked about does does Jaden even, and this is going probably a little too far, but does Jaden deserve a shot with um, a healthy roster? Like, what does Jaden do that's so much worse than what Wancho does, where it's not worth playing Jaden over Wancho? Jaden can shoot the ball. Wancho's been shooting poorly. Jaden can shoot. His form looks really nice. He shot the ball so well this year, like 5 for 11 from deep. Defensively, he can't be any worse. He knows where to be at least. He's a little bit smaller, but he's more athletic, and he has way better like defensive like instincts. So the, the, the major point was, why not? And to bring it out, it's not going to happen. Like when Wancho's back, Jaden McDaniels is and- not going to be in the rotation. But like... Next year, I was alluding even to next year, like if Jaden goes and adds 15 pounds of muscle like Culver did, why isn't that spot for him if he has the offense and more of the defense? But but, but to that point, you were talking about Saunders throwing Jaden McDaniels into the rotation just like to see if he had anything. That's not a move and anybody expected. No, and, and, and I think anyone who's listening to this that heard you say the phrase next year rolled their eyes. So want to defend all of us? Like that's not that's yeah. not what we're here. We're trying to talk about Orlando and the Hawks, but um, but yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 also a business. And Wancho was signed, and he gets paid a lot more money. And you kind of have to. I don't think Wancho's as bad as he's been. 
I don't And that's think... I said that in the article too. Like Wancho's gonna play better more than likely than he has looked so far. He's gonna and average you, more than six yeah. points a game. And you can't just instantly bury him because I don't think he can get traded until like March third. Um yeah. and I would be shocked if he wasn't traded. Like this year. I mean I I think these losses, no matter what you think of Rosas and if you think he's too proud to admit that he was wrong on a certain thing, like I think that guy knows what this opportunity is for him and that if he messes it up it's going to look bad for future just candidates in his position so I don't think he's going to let Juancho Hernan Gomez bring down the Timberwolves franchise (laughs) and in his job as president give me a player from last year's team that wasn't a rookie that played bad and is still on the roster today Trevion Graham's out Jeff Teague is out Alan Crabb is gone. He got whatever. Andrew Wiggins is gone. You know, like everybody, the people that were bad that are still on the team is like Jarrett Culver. He's a rookie. And then I I don't, like Jake Lehman was hurt, but he looked good when he was healthy. Like pretty much everybody that played bad last year isn't on the team anymore unless you're talking about Jarrett Culver. Right, is, and, and that that was Jack he, Borman's take is that is, but he's ruthless. The, the push, yeah, the pushback at that is always a lot of guys you're listing were all like, expiring contract you know what I mean like Jordan Bell all these guys that were easier to move um again Gers's hands are tied but it'll be interesting to see when the trade market does because I I mean a lot of guys like a lot of guys on NBA rosters aren't eligible to be traded right now and it's kind of a dumb thing in general but I I get it yeah kind of just because Um, the offseason was so screwed up and now you have this longer period of time but like I'm with you I would be surprised if if Wancho's still on the team at the end of the year. And the reason I say that is, like, I think he's better for other teams than he is for the Timberwolves, specifically, like, a team that might need a bench power forward that can play alongside a defensive center. Like, if you need somebody just to shoot the ball off the bench, that's a lot more Wancho style than putting him next to Nas Reed and Carl Anthony Town. And Cats look better on defense this year, but like Wancho would look so much better next to like Andre Drummond. Not that we're going to trade him to the Cavs, but like he'd look better to a Drummond because Drummond. He'd look really way good next to Jokic defense. again. <laughs> him and yeah, Jokic are like that. best friends. He, but so we're kind of getting a month ahead right now. But I, I do think yeah. there will be a market for him still. And but I think again, kind of to wrap up this main point is that I think the beauty. Well, I have a lot of flaws on Ryan or criticisms. But one of the beauties is is it, this is a perfect time to just throw Jaden McDaniels into the deep end because you don't have to worry about offending Juancho Hernan Gomez because he can't play. So, like, yeah. you don't have a lot of options. Your roster is slimmed down. I think, you know, the, the injury report came out this afternoon. And um, while I think Josh will be back again tomorrow, you know, Carl, Rubio, and uh, Juancho are all Wancho. out health and safety protocols. So, yeah, what better way to just throw him in? And th- I thought his deep like, he talked about this post game, but – he was told by the coaches, like, you go in there and your primary focus is just defending, which is what all rookies should be told. Um, yeah. And I thought his defense looked pretty good, and I'm, I'm obviously excited to read your article. But, but yeah, I mean, give him a chance, and then if he looks overwhelmed, that's the beauty of coaching, just pull him, just yank him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he, if he doesn't make a, his first four-minute four, uh, stint work, pull him, because the benefit of some of this experimenting, which – leads to losses and makes fans mad and i hate losing too i'm i'm a very competitive human like 
You get to find some of these gems. And Jared Vanderbilt, man, he, Jared Vanderbilt, as sad as this is, is the storyline of the season so far. It is no one else. Because I knew Malik Beasley was good. I just had yeah. to read other people's shit on him. I yep. didn't know Jared Vanderbilt could do this. And I think he's a winning player. And at what he's getting paid, I think Jared Vanderbilt is like, sadly, 12, 13 games in. I think he's the story of the season so far because I yeah. think that dude next to Cat is how you – I think he erases a lot of Cat's things that he's still not great at. I think he's right. – like, you know, Taj Gibson cleaned up a lot of Carl's messes, and Jared Vanderbilt's just more athletic, not nearly as polished, but yeah. he, I don't know. I've loved he's a watching way, him. way more active, athletic, energized version of Taj Gibson, but that comes with, you know, mistakes, just like rushing stuff too much or going for a rebound he has no chance of getting, which takes him out of the play on defense sometimes. But, like, that's the mold. Granted, it would be great if he could shoot the ball. Like, give him a 35% three-point shot, and, like, that is the exact player you want to play next to Carlton Towns. But I think that's kind of where the Wolves are hoping Jaden McDaniels can be that guy where you can be that defensive player that's maybe not to Vanderbilt's level but like somewhere close but just be able to space the floor also but then you yep. also have Vanderbilt like you're not picking between the two of them you would have both of them um and just use them interchangeably whenever you need a little more defense or a little more floor spacing yep. you can kind of figure it out um but that's on McDaniels he's still you know a year or two out which sucks because the Wolves need to keep Cat happy, to keep the team and the spirits up in general. Um, but yeah, it's Vanderbilt's been the story of the season. That and Carl, just how much the Wolves actually like need Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, that's kind of been the other big story to my to my mind is like how big of because last year Towns is impacting the team a lot more this year, I think, than he was last year, which is like hard to say because the Wolves sucked without him last year, but I think they'll be that much better with him this year because of how bought in he is. And this, and this is what makes cover like you and I, right? Like we cover the team and like we talk about them daily. What sucks is, is that we don't have more than we don't have three games in a row of watching Carl play basketball. So the team is going to lose and you're going to get your jokes off and it's, and there are a lot of them are rightfully so, but like I was talking about this with Jack and Jake, like, Carl is fouling. Again, it's a small sample size, but half of his fouls are offensive. Like yeah. Defensively, he has... But but how do you write the article, you know what I mean, on Carl's defense improving when he's played... Four games. <laughs> four games yeah. or three and, and a half games. So and that's, that's been an article sucks. I wanted to dig into, but I'm like, <laughs> we've seen him play good defense in stretches before. And to the outside people, that's what they're going to see. They don't see like, I don't know, like, I just know that this time is different. Like, I'm really freaking sure that this time is different. But how do you convince people that aren't watching right, because, that closely? And they'll be like, it's right. four games. Like, anybody can play good defense. D'Lo can play good defense for a couple right. of games. So, like, whatever. But I think it's real this time. But to your point of the fouling thing, not only is he half of his fouls are on offense or whatever. I don't know if it's, like, exactly half, but a bunch are on offense. He's also only fouling less than three fouls a game, which is the lowest since... No, it's the lowest in his career. Again, four games, but like... Right. You can just... The times that Cats played good defense before, it seemed less mental and just more physical. 
like he just happened to make the the right reads over and over again. This time it, you could just see him calculating and like taking his time and being patient with it, which you didn't really see before. It, it, um, it, Car- Carla talked about with everything that, not that we want to talk about this now, but when everything that he went through in 2020 and, <laughs> and unfortunately is now going through in 2021, yeah. um, he had mentioned things about just kind of like his soul dying, you know, and how he was hardened by all of the loss and all the things he had to go through in his personal life. And I think you start to see that now in game. I think he just looks like a guy who's Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best humans on earth, but he used to just think way too much and strategically plan every word he said pre and post game. He just looks like a guy who's playing basketball now. Yeah. Before he was definitely like, he was definitely really bought into like all of the media training he had gotten. And now he's, he's more so on like the, just say what's on his mind and just like be real. Kind of like, it's like he took a lesson from Anthony Edwards almost in it, which just like being real, which is something that we've been kind of asking. Like people have always thought his, his answers were super robotic and just saying what he thinks people want him to say. But what people have wanted him to say is what he's doing right now. And that's, that's been something. That's why I think that it's more real. Like, his play is more real because of that. And I think that was your point, too. And, and without getting, I know we wanted to talk about a couple other things, but that's why, as it currently stands, on January 19th, I'm still not super freaked out about the upcoming draft and the fact that the Wolves owe a pick to the Warriors, who have been rumored to have performed this heist on the Timberwolves with this improved Wiggins, which I know you're just shaking your head you want to talk about. But I still think that, again, the, the Wolves had this freak injury, Go back and watch the play. I mean, Towns was fouled. Gobert kind of knocks yeah. him down. He lands on his wrist. Could, it, it, as bad as it was, it should have been a broken wrist, right? Like, yeah. I watch what happened with Nurkic and watch what happened with CJ McCollum, like all these injuries. The Wolves did catch a break by the fact that it wasn't a break. Um, yeah. And he came back, and then the COVID thing. So my only optimism, knock on wood, is that when Carl does come back from COVID, if, he, if his health is there and Dr. Robbie Sika and all their, their staff will make sure Carl is 100%, I don't think there's anything else Carl's going to have to go through. <laughs> yeah, right? So wrist, I think... And the wrist should be health, even healthier health, yes, now. Which, yes, it should be two more weeks. That. Yep. I'm glad you said that in that podcast because I didn't really know how to phrase my thinking because, like, it sucks. that, Like, it sucks to beyond measure that Carl Anthony Towns has COVID. One, because just all the shit he's went through with his entire family right. having it. Like, I'm sure there's so much fear in him because of how much loss has happened to his family and thinking if like that's something that could happen to him too because he mm-hmm. you know genetically or anything um and i don't know if covid works that way i'm really not in tune that much but like so i'm sure he's like scared with all that but but how you phrase it saying basically that it might be a blessing in disguise for him to get his wrist healthier now than um you know just playing through it like having an extra 10 days or two weeks or however long it takes for his wrists to be healthy because he came back obviously four to six weeks earlier than projected. So now just having a couple more weeks, maybe he can do a little bit more with his, with his hand and maybe he won't be in a cast and he'll be in a brace now, um, which will give him a little more movement. Like cat was destroying. I mean, he was playing out of his mind with one hand, like, What's going to happen when he can dribble with his left and not have to just operate from one side of the floor? Yep. Um, that, and that's still, and that, like we said, over a week, like a week off, 
a minimum of five days off, probably a little bit longer than that. And and that's why that's why I think my <coughs> when my preseason projections or predictions, I didn't know I didn't have Cat getting COVID on my prediction board, but I did think the Wolves would start out bad because if their yeah. schedule was hard. I, again, I wasn't predicting these thirty point blowouts, but I thought that they would be bad. So what? They're three and three and nine right now. Um, yeah. I've I, I guess I had them pegged at four and eight or something. You know what I mean? But yeah. my thought was with this draft pick because that's now the talk, right? Because the team sucks and you're already starting to run the spin the wheels on on mock drafts. I've yeah. always thought this team was going to kind of figure it out based on chemistry issues and lack of training camp, and I think they're going to start to string together wins if Carl does come back that second half of the season and start to beat all these teams that they're losing to now because those teams that aren't incentivized to win, like the Wolves are because of their draft pick situation, I, I still think this team puts together enough wins to kind of get themselves out of that four, yeah. five, six pick range. So that's why I'm not worried right now. It's not a red flag yeah, like, to me. Like the Thunder, the Thunder, they might be winning some games now, but like they're not going to be trying to get the the eighth pick in the draft. Like towards the end right. of the year, they're going to be handing teams wins because like they want Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley right. or Jalen Suggs right. or whoever is there. And the same goes for couple other teams in the league too like that's just what's gonna happen like the Pistons I just I just think it's they the team sucks but I just think it's so early to worry about that stuff because I, I really think, do think that the, 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 the it is top three protected I try to stress that to my friends that constantly yell at me about how bad the wolves are like I don't get it so they're not going to be giving up the first overall pick the worst case scenario is the fourth but the there's fourth. just so many I mean they're three and nine right that's 12 yeah. according to my NBA that means we got 60 games left. Yeah, There's we're so done. much to figure out. I don't think they're going to go 40 and 20, but I just, I'm not worried about that right now because I think once Carl comes back, that team starts to win at a 40% clip, 50% clip, yeah. 40% clip. Okay, let's be honest. Um, and that's enough wins to make this all not work. Yeah. Um, but I want to. In my I wanna, mind, I've always thought that like the Warriors will get like the ninth or 10th pick from us. Like that was the pick that I thought they would end up getting from us was like nine or ten maybe maybe seven or eight if things went really bad with injuries and stuff so that's maybe what we're looking like more now but like and we've talked about this before like i'm still paying that price and 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 i've said and i think i can dig the dig up the receipts the wolves had the wolves were never going to win the trade and i don't think that's what people don't understand about maybe an optimist like me when that trade was made the wolves never had a chance to win it Unless Wiggins like somehow retired, but his salary still stayed on the books. Like, right. you can't win that trade because you're the one giving up a pick. Um, mm-hmm. But the hope is, and again, we're almost a year into this experiment, and this sucks. But we've only got four games, five games of the D'Lo Towns thing, and and Dane's broke this down beautifully. But like, when those two do get to run high pick and roll, I mean, watch what. Russell's resurgence, right? Like, D'Angelo Russell yeah. has been a lot better these last yeah. couple weeks. It's because he's running a ton of high pick and roll with Ed Davis. And Ed and, Davis, and, he's yeah. hurt, and And Jared Vanderbilt. But that's going to be Towns. And when it's Towns in him, that's, that's why you pay the, the tax of that first overall or that first round pick is because you think that's going to lift you above whatever. And I'm throwing this right up to you. Like, just I'm, I'm making this softball motion to Brandon on, on Zoom here, whatever. That's why you pay that price because you don't think Andrew Wiggins is going to get better, even though, as you, I think you posted a YouTube video today, the consensus is, is that Andrew Wiggins has gotten a lot better. And I'd like Dude. to know what, what, was your, what was your executive summary 
on Andrew Wiggins getting getting better now that he has a new area code and wears a different color blue. So, uh, to put it just short and sweet, like it's just such bullshit that 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 <laughs> narrative is is being pushed sweet. <laughs> um, across the across the entire nation. Um, my you know my broad my broad point was in that video um, on my YouTube channel was. Uh, I had a quote in there. I don't remember exactly how I worded it, but I basically the quote was the the story isn't that Andrew Wiggins is playing better basketball now that he's in Golden State. The story is that Andrew Wiggins is playing the same basketball he was in Minnesota, but now he's doing it next to Steph Curry, so people are actually watching it. And I went on to say, like, Andrew Wiggins has never been a bad basketball player. He's always been an okay to good basketball player. It's just that he's been overpaid, and his role has been too big for for what he he should do. He was hyped up coming out of college because people hyped him up. He wasn't coming out saying, like, I'm the number one pick, like, I'm the next LeBron, I'm Maple Jordan. That was other people putting that on him. Um, So I think Wiggins is a, you're not, you don't average 20 points per game over your career and are so bad that you're out of the league like people were saying Andrew Wiggins shouldn't be in the league because he sucks like Andrew Wiggins is not that bad he's a fine NBA player it's just like situation was bad um contract was bad uh, but but you can't put the contract on him because who's gonna turn down a max contract I know I'm not gonna turn down a huge raise if somebody comes to me even though I know I'm only worth 13 million I'm not gonna be like no I'm not gonna take your 27 million you don't do that. Like, that's just not how it works. Um, but my broader point was that Wiggins is pretty much the same player he was in Minnesota. More people are just watching him play now and realizing he wasn't as bad as their narrative was on him before he got to Golden State. And and there's been and, improvements. There's and, been and, improvements. And He's looking statist- gauge on defense. Yep, statistically, and you're, you are much more uh, fluent in all sorts of stats than I am. Statistically, he's the same guy. Worse, defensively actually. he does yeah worse okay or or worse let's just emphasize that defensively he has looked a little more engaged but, but the we've one seen thing that is before. if you go pull up old wolves games though like he he knows how to move his feet you know what i mean like he's yeah. not a bad defender that's the thing is like if you put you or i on the timberwolves tomorrow we would get murdered like cuz yeah. we might we might be able to get a bucket or two at LA fitness but we're not good right we can't play in the NBA. Yeah. But no right. one will be mad at that because the, the, the expectations aren't there. We don't have any skill. With yeah. Wiggins, the frustration has always been is that he is he has a lot of skill. He He's just be never. Than he is. Yeah, and I mean, I know yeah. through I, I know from covering the team long enough and talking to people like he also just doesn't really love basketball. So yeah. he, he he still like you said go look at those box scores like last night. Um, they were playing the Lakers. They they pull out a win. He had some good defense on LeBron in the fourth. I'm the first one to be like, dude, that defense was awesome. He was moving his feet. He's super lengthy. But I think like with two minutes left in the third quarter, he had like an inefficient 16 points, zero rebounds and zero assists. And again, yeah. it, works for, it works for them because Draymond is going to do everything else. Steph's going to give you 35. And if Wiggs can hit corner threes and then be that lengthy guy, like it works for them. The whole point of this whole thing, rightfully or wrongfully, it wasn't Gerson Rosas that signed him to that max deal. It wasn't going to work in Minnesota, and that's yeah. why you pay the that's why you pay the price. And that's why again 
He's not better than he was. He does look more engaged. I am happy for him because even though I, I hate that he has so much skill but doesn't love basketball, and that's a fact. Like that's not yeah. reporting. That's talk to people who work in that organization. He didn't love basketball, yeah. and you can't you can't teach that. So for Warriors fans, I think he's going to blossom. You can't teach that. He might be a little more excited to play next to Steph, but he's never going to care that much. He's going to go home. It's a job for him. Yeah. That's what he does. Um, but it just it wasn't going to work here. So it is what it is. I hope I wish him the best. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm sure he's going to be. You know him. Like he's going to be motivated to play the Wolves next week twice. Yeah. We're going to be his new <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, so. we're the new Thunder for him. But um, it yeah. But I, I will say too those YouTube videos you put out. Like ch- I can't wait to check this one out. It just came out before we recorded. But I'm excited because that was the narrative now. This last week is that Wiggins is better, and it just. And again, too, Jace, Jace Frederick um, mentioned this on Twitter today. Like, that's what happens when you win. You know what I mean? Like, when w- Wiggins had some defenders in terms of, like, supporters when that one season when they won with Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, yep. Wiggs, Wiggs looks good. So, that, and that's the thing, too, for the Timberwolves is, like, some people want to say, I don't think they have four NBA players on their roster. Well, that's what you say when you lose a bunch of games. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if this team goes out and strings together five wins in eight games, like, I'm optimistic, but... But yeah, no, I, I, th- I, I thought you put it perfectly the way you said it. Like, he is what he is, and this is, it, yeah. it's always been about the contract. And and to to my point about, like, we've seen him play good defense on Kawhi there a little bit. We've seen him play good defense on LeBron at the end. Like, he's had stretches of doing that before. Um, Like, literally go to YouTube and just type in, Andrew Wiggins' defense versus Kawhi Leonard. There'll be a video from 2017, and it'll be Andrew Wiggins playing against the Spurs and Kawhi and making some really nice stops. Look up. This is this is my favorite one. Andrew Wiggins versus Kevin Durant, defensive duel. Like, that's another video of him locking up KD and KD locking up him. Like, he's had these stretches, but then he also gets burned by Kyle Anderson or Dylan Brooks or whoever, like, it's just so up and down with him, um, effort-wise, but it's consistent in yep. that way, which doesn't make any sense. But if you're a Timberwolves fan, you you understand it. But like, yeah, like I'm a I was a big Wiggins supporter. I wrote a thing. I wrote an art. My first ever Timberwolves article. The, the one of the last lines basically said like, maybe it was even the last line. Like, I'm confident this is the year Andrew Wiggins puts it together. <laughs> and it's just like and that was before last year, and he looked good. It was like after because last year he had like that clutch performance, like in one of the first couple games where he just like hit a bunch of threes. The first game against the Nets, he like got to the lane like four or five times and just found easy buckets down the stretch and in overtime. Like he's had those moments, but like it's a roller coaster ride, and eventually you're gonna you're gonna come back down. And it's and Warriors fans, it's not gonna be pretty. We saw it at the beginning of the year in preseason. They hated him. He didn't look good at all. Like it, it's already started. But and and, and look at it's just like his ability to score. Like go look at like um, x amount of points through you know their first six years. Like he's at the top of these lists with guys like Carmelo and LeBron and all these guys. Yeah. Um. He's clearly not bad. Like he he can yeah. score. That's never been the thing. It's just it wasn't going to work here. You can argue all different ways about how they should have handled it, how they should have gotten rid of him, how they could have maximized him, but um. But for, and again, it, at some point too, this is like the Steph Curry thing all over again. At some point, you just kind of got to move on. I think that's maybe the hardest thing Timberwolves fans 
struggle with because yeah, it's hard to move on when you just keep losing. But um, yeah, it, it's done, man. Like <laughs> like we said, the, they're not going to give up a top three pick because it is protected. If it's four through seven, I don't know, man. Cool. Like I know this draft coming up is really good, but I also know this draft that was, and I want to kind of pivot for this for you. This last draft, everyone hated, and I've kind of liked. Dane did a really yeah. good uh, pod with Will DeBerg about the, the kind of the big three. Um, yep. I've liked what I've seen from some of these guys. James Wiseman has looked to me the least polished, but that makes sense. Um, but he's also one of the his he's like one of the biggest human beings on earth. But yeah. going from Wiggins, I did want to because I have to know this from you. Like going from Wiggins, okay. former number one pick, overall pick, to our now number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards. Twelve games in, I really want to know where you're at with him because I do have some thoughts yeah um so if we're gonna compare i'm not the person to talk to probably comparing like his start to his career to like andrew so i'm not gonna get into like that side of it because when andrew was a rookie i was like 15 (laughs) or 16 um 15 years old so but to talk about ant like i have liked a lot of things i saw from ant his passing has been something that that jumped out to me and the assist numbers aren't going to show it, but he's made some passes that um, I didn't foresee him making as a rookie, so that's good. Um, he still is working on his shot selection, when to drive, when to shoot the three. Um, but I've been overall pretty happy, and even during this slump, I think it's less on him, and it's more on just coaching and scheming in general because there hasn't been a lot run for Ant. There hasn't been a lot of sets run for him. They don't get him going downhill to the rim. And I he's not getting any calls at the rim. He shot like 20 free throws or something this year. He is he has 21 free throws this year in which, 12 games. Yes. That's ridiculous. And, again, and he isn't and, and he's playing a lot of minutes. That's the that's the one yeah. thing and Dane's been Dane's been hammering this home on his pod which has been beautiful, but like this whole notion y- y- you start to tell on yourself when you start to say certain things, when you start to tweet things yeah. like Anthony Edwards needs to play, like, you know, why is Anthony Edwards not starting? It's like, dude, he, he played 31 minutes against the Hawks in a game that was competitive throughout. So like, yeah, he's playing a lot, but that supports our notion that he's playing a healthy amount of minutes, 12 games in, and he's averaging less than two free throws a game. That's a huge red flag. If you just read box scores. But there yeah. was, and I, I know you saw this, and Jack, I think Jack, re, Jack Borman retweeted. I was just, but I was I just going to find, I was just going to I, find it. I can't remember who it's, the, um, I believe it was, uh, the account is like, at not Huberto on Twitter, but he put together this amazing thread of Anthony Edwards' drives that he doesn't get a foul call. Um, and it's a pretty eye-opening experience because there was a drive yeah. against the Hawks. I was just watching it on my TV. And I was literally stunned that he didn't get the foul call. Yeah. It's probably the worst play in the thread, but the dude uh-huh. got hammered. And I get it. He's a rookie. Like, I get some of this. But if you're a 19-year-old rookie, and I don't mean to, like, completely go textbook school here. Maybe you'll appreciate this. But like, I remember learning about classical conditioning and psychology. And, like, that dude is so wet behind the ears that he is, like, a big, big person in my eyes of like you need to train him right like that's that's what coaching is it's training so if you want ant to drive to the basket because ant you're going to get foul calls you know you're a tough dude i mean that dude is so big he's a linebacker 
but he doesn't get calls, it's hard to yell at him when he starts settling for jump shots because he's like probably saying in practice, well, shit, coach, I go to the rim and they don't give me the whistle. So I'm just going to shoot yeah. the ball. And that's where you have to coach him. But it's like there is some explanation and some meat behind some of this stuff. It's like watch that thread, man. He doesn't get calls. It's embarrassing. <laughs> and, I, and I tweeted that during the game yesterday. I said Anthony Edwards gets zero calls at the rim. And I said no wonder he settles for these jumpers. Because, okay, think about this. If every time he goes to the rim, if, if four out of six times, two-thirds of the time he goes to the rim, he's just getting hacked. Why not just shoot a three? Because you have a better chance of getting some points. Because you're not going to the free throw line, so you might as well get get some points. Um, also, too, if so, you and I know you have too. This is such a weird analogy. Have you ever played basketball? Like just like just in general, like you just go play pickup basketball. I used to play a lot, you know, pre pandemic, like noon ball, right, against older dudes, older guys in their forties yeah. and fifties that just kind of go free throw line to free throw line. But younger guy like you and I, they would just, for better or worse. Hack the shit out of you. Like, if you oh, got yeah. in the lane, they'll just hack you and make you check it up top. We're not shooting free throws in this type of basketball situation. So if I got into the paint a couple times and I just got pummeled, you know what I felt like doing? Not going to the paint anymore. Because yeah. what was worth it? I, I didn't, again, this is noon ball, so this is a terrible analogy. But I wasn't getting free throws. So I was like, well, what's the point of this? I'm just going to shoot threes. And I think that's where Ant is now. He's like, coach, why do I go to the basket if they're not going to give me free throws? Which is a quick pivot into... I tweeted this out once, but like I would love for Ryan to get tossed <laughs> in yeah, a game event, just to show just, just like, to show some firepower. Like when yeah. he got the the one that you're talking about, you tweeted it after the exact same play where uh, yesterday against the Hawks. Ryan should have got tossed for that. Just like stand yeah. up and make 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 a point. You know what I mean? Because I also don't know too. Ryan being a young coach, I don't know how much respect. I don't want to pivot to Ryan, but how much respect Ryan gets? Because you watched that whole game with me yesterday, Clint Capella used all of his new contract money to build a brand new residence in the paint. They yeah, never yeah, yeah. called they never called three seconds on Clint Capella. And then and then Saunders bitches about it and all of a and sudden Nas gets called play? for defensive three seconds. Yes, yes. So he he was in the paint for twelve seconds, literally building a new new part of his new house. And they were the whole bench, you can see it. Go watch the the play. The bench is yelling. Clint Capella yeah. scores with a layup, right? I think uh, Ryan calls a timeout. Out of the timeout, they called Nas Reed for defense of three seconds. It was totally a troll job yeah. uh, by the officiating. But that, that type of stuff is like you need to I, – I watched Taylor Jenkins for the Grizzlies. I don't think Taylor if, – if Ja Morant whatever went to the rim, Ja's in a completely different hemisphere than Ant. But if Ja mm-hmm. were to get fouled multiple times, I think Taylor Jenkins would say, you know what, screw this. I'm taking my mask down. I'm getting tossed. Like I have to yeah. defend my guy. So that's like a, something I would like to see from Ryan is because – to the point of this is I, I think I don't think Ant's as bad as the analytics say. I know there's some various tweets going on about like yeah. his what he how what how he stacks up against rookies right now. I know Lamella Ball has looked better than he yeah. has, but I still I, I I would say this if I was a non NBA fan, I think Ant still has the highest ceiling of those two guys. Yeah. It was never gonna be Wiseman. Um but yeah Lamella Ball makes you win basketball games right now. Like Lamella with this Timberwolf second unit would make them not three and nine. But that's yeah. not the point of this, is that I think Ant has the higher ceiling that that's the type of wing. When you see him drive in and connect with Ennis Cantor in midair, it was like watching two just Godzillas just crash. Like, if he yeah. can start to get a couple of those fall calls, get four free throws a game, he has to make them, obviously. 
Um, but if he can get that, I think it'll boost his confidence more because I think he has one of the quickest first steps in the league. Yeah, and the thing I hate about... I hate the idea of, like, you have to earn that call or superstar calls or whatever. That, to me, I hate that. Like, that is the worst thing in basketball is, like, oh, LeBron will get that call, but Anthony Edwards won't get that call. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I do not like that aspect, but that's never going to change. It's whatever. The thing I wanted to say is if Trey Young is getting that stupid foul call, <laughs> here's my here's my thing with foul. The NBA is so weird with their fouls. Um, Trey Young's foul like that, if he stops to shoot and just shoots his normal motion, I'm okay with it. But when he backs up into the person behind him and, and kind of draws that contact with his back and his butt, that's where I don't like it. But I also don't like D'Lo's whole off the screen thing. Like I don't think that should be a foul either. Like, right? There's just certain fouls that I don't. So I'm not just saying it because that happens against us and the other one happens for us. Like I don't like either of those calls. But if but that trait, yep. but if those are fouls, and going to the basket's a foul. That that's but, my broader point. But 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 if you if you try to draw a foul and you don't get it, like everyone watching at home cringes because it automatically makes you look like a bad basketball player. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when Russell does that weird thing with his leg and his arm, and if he just, doesn't and just chucks it at the backboard, if yep. he doesn't get the call, he literally just threw the ball at the backboard and it's a it's a shot attempt, but it's essentially a turnover, right? So yeah. you're just groaning at home. Now if he gets the whistle, you're like, hell yeah, three free throws. Same with yeah. Trey. But that's why I try to go back to this ant thing is that sometimes aesthetically it's not so fun to watch. But if you bring up that thread, you're like, okay, if those were whistles, my whole view on this dude would change. <laughs> yeah. Because he would be like, okay. Sh- now he's aggressive no- going to the rim and not getting every shot blocked. This time it, he's. And yeah. I think sometimes his strength as a 19-year-old. I mean, like you, you watch so much basketball. LeBron, I watch. I try to watch every LeBron game. He probably gets fouled. 90% of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like the Shaq thing. Like, you don't know how to officiate a guy like that that can take so much punishment. Uh-huh. I think you start to see a little bit of that with Ant. Like, he's driven to the rim a couple times, and he's had to double, triple clutch and absorb you know, absorb contact, and he still finishes, and it's impressive. Yeah. But then well, the ones Somebody, where, somebody said, said something about him, you know, if he, if he double clutches, like, they're not going to call it. And my pushback is he's double clutching because that's the only way he can hope to get a shot off Right, and maybe score some points because he's not getting the call. He's got to try and get the ball in the hoop somehow. And 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 you know his that's that's a microcosm. Like that's like my biggest focus with him is I think he's getting kind of hosed on on calls. I would like yeah. to see him rebound a little more. I think he's too athletic. I think rebounding is a sign. That's why I like I like watching Lamelo Ball play right now. I think rebounding uh-huh. is a sign of basketball IQ and just like like comment. You know what I mean? Like. The ball goes up. I want to go get the ball. And if I go get the yeah. ball, I can bring it up. And maybe it's that simple, again, classically conditioning, just being like, hey, and if you go get the ball, this rebound, you can come down and run a high pick and roll. Um, right. Because I think, again, too, I think his passing, I only knew Anthony Edwards through the prism of all you young guys that did pre-draft stuff. Um, uh-huh. But I never saw the passing aspect. It was all about you know him being a, not a gunner, but an offensive, you know, really good scorer. I think his yeah. passing has been the biggest surprise to me. But again, like going back to Ryan and other stuff, like he needs to have the ball in his hands more to make more plays. Because I think 
he's so passive right now because he said the right things. You know this. You've listened to this. He says, this is Carl's team. This is Delo's team. This is Malik's team. Like, I just got to fit in. But sometimes by fitting in, he just kind of stands around, and that's not helping his development. <laughs> yeah. So he needs to be yeah. able to run more pick and rolls and, and do more sets because I think he's a good passer. I agree. Um, all right, let's get into some of these uh, these takes that people left for us because I know you got to go over here pretty quick. But um, Oh, yeah, that's right. so this is the point of this. The, the one... There's there's not a ton, and some of them aren't that hot, so I don't think we gotta talk about them too much. Um, the one comes from Bradley Phil Smith. He said Wolves are gonna make the playoffs, not just the play and the actual playoffs. I think that's pretty hot, just because they're gonna be so far out of it by the time Cat comes back. They're they're um, three it would nine. take a lot to yeah. It would take a lot they're, to get to the eighth seed. It would take a three lot nine. to get there. They're three yeah. nine in a seventy two game season. There are sixty it's, games left. If they went 30-30, and 30, which I imagine every Wolves fan would sign up for right now, that would make them 33-39. And that's not going to get them in the playoffs. So Right. It would have to be really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I would so, more shoot for, like, let's try – this sucks, but let's try to win 25 games because I think 25 games will still put them in the 7th, 8th worst record, which will push off how, how high that pick yeah. is to the Warriors. Yeah. Um, so that one's pretty hot, I would say. Um, another person says, uh, Ebshir said, it's more of a question, but I, kind of a hot take. Are the Wolves are the Wolves front office quietly tanking for not signing a power forward and trying to keep Towns out for extended period of time? This doesn't make any sense to me. Cat rushed back. They wouldn't have let him rush back if they wanted to tank like that. And they're not just like making up um, that he has COVID or anything. So there's not a lot to say about this, but he is... The Wolves definitely are not trying to tank by keeping Cat out of the lineup. And, and to that other point, um, <laughs> like, I know we're the Timberwolves. I know we're bad. We've always been bad. But they didn't not try to sign a power forward. Like, there they are tried. facts. Again, I know the internet has been in a different spot Derek right now Jones with facts. Jr. They tried for Derek Jones Jr. Right. They tried Paul for Jermichael Green. Paul, Paul knows that you're, you know what I mean? Like, there was the domino effect that came through. I they tried about this to trade Jake for Jack. even like Larry Nance and there's someone else, but it's out there. There is sourced information that they tried hard, and, and, and not just to, for one guy, for multiple people. And to the the the, the Rondé Hollis Jefferson thing because that obviously caused a stir, um, yeah. which is fair. But I will say too that like I'm kind of more amped to watch Jared Vanderbilt get that power forward minutes than I was Rondé Hollis Jefferson because I think one of those guys has a long term future and one of them doesn't and the one that does is the guy that's on the roster so yeah yeah they're not tanking yep uh, another one from uh, upset Timberwolves fan he said Rosas is <sighs> using Saunders as a sacrificial lamb so to speak he's teaching the young core lesson in humility by saying quote you think you can do this on your own good luck quote after this season a few and a few moves we can expect to see more structure. I don't um, think that I don't think that's the case. I think it's more of uh, Rosas wants Saunders here because one Saunders has a, a good can, a good relationship with most of the players, um, and two that Saunders will do um, to a certain extent what Rosas asks of him of like what type of system he wants them to run and just like all of that type of things. I don't think that. Rosas is purposefully setting Saunders up for success or for failure so that they can be like, okay, now we need a real coach in here. And like, these guys know how to lose. 
And 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 sometimes the world isn't the big conspiracy theory that you think it is. Like I think. So you're Gers- telling me I'm I'm not the only <laughs> real person and everybody else is robots? Is that what you're right? To tell exactly. Me? Like I don't think Gers. This is some of the stuff too that like I just try to like I don't think everything he's done is great and I would definitely I call agree. him out on a couple moves. Um, like I don't think it was the strongest free agent off season, but also there wasn't a lot. Like again, how, how do you defend a guy that's like you just said? tried for Jermichael Green, Paul Millsap, Larry Nance Jr., Derek Jones Jr. You know what I mean? Like, trying doesn't mean shit if you ended up with Juancho Hernan Gomez. But if you're him, do you want him to, like, you know, like if you put Gers in this Zoom with us and he said, well, what did you want me to do? Trade Jarrett Culver to get Larry Nance? Like, I don't even, I I don't know. Like, there was a lot of pushback when everyone was talking about Jarrett Culver for Aaron Gordon this summer. Now, I think I'd want that really bad, but there was a lot of people that didn't want to do that. So I I just, you know, he didn't, he's not going to do the Tom Thibodeau burn everything down for wins, which again, Tibbs is the most successful coach and GM we've had in a while, but he also burned the building to the ground and that's why we're still picking up after it. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. Um, But I also think too, that this isn't just Ryan and Gers. Like, come on, you follow f- football and basketball and baseball. Like, coaches become the sacrificial lamb at some point. They're always That's the what first it is. one. They're always like, the it, first one out. Like, Gers is the president of this team, and he has yeah. Glenn's ear, for better or worse. At some point, I just think this is a real thing. I don't think this is a hot take. Like, yeah, I do think sometime Ryan gets fired. That's just what I think. I just think at some point, unless they can go 25 and 35 these last 60 games and show – gradual improvement and sell it to Glenn yeah. and sell it to Gers that next year, which has, regardless of what you think, has always been the plan. This you know has I mean? never been the year that... The only reason this is the year is because of the draft pick. That's the only and, reason anybody has ever thought this was the year. And I'm not, I'm not trying to punt on expectations or make excuses because if they don't show significant improvement next year, Dane Moore has been talking about this since 2019. It's always yeah. been about the summer of 2021. If they don't make a stride next year then you'll be then you'll be right to be mad because everyone's getting fired <laughs> yeah. okay and the team yeah. might move to seattle so it's it's not like they have no repercussions or no one's holding them in line i just don't think that i just don't think that expectations need to be that high right now because before carl got covid it wasn't that high so so no right. i think ryan will be a sacrificial lamb at some point that's that's my take, I just think... Yeah, I'm just saying, I don't think he's set up to be no, no right now. No. Like, they're going to fire him after this year because we don't make the playoffs. Like, that's that's kind of the point there. But, yeah, I don't, this it's interesting with this this whole situation. Um, do, do you have any, do you have I any just, takes? I want to see you just spit one out. Like, do you have one you've been working on? Um. Okay, let me... Okay, off the top of my head, this is one that... I I just put I just put really you on the spot. Think, <laughs> I really think if that if Carl this is one that we're never gonna be able to find out because it's never you can't go back. I think if Cal was healthy, this team would be f- about five hundred. Like I think they would be oh, not like even six yeah. and six or seven. I think they're legitimately better than a lot of teams in the Western Conference. And and I thought that before the year, um, but. Now, you know, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because of that or whatever. Um, and I did have another hot take, but now I I can't even can't remember. I think you're so I think you're I think well, I think you're so right on that. Like 
they're three and nine, but you could tell many fans that they're three and thirty nine, and they'd be like, yeah, that makes sense because this these first yeah. three weeks have felt like three months. Um, but yeah, I mean, go back and look at just their individual games. Like, yeah, they they probably were going to lose to the Lakers and Clippers if they had three Carl Anthony Towns. But yeah. I, I I think you're spot on. Like, they were going to probably maybe sweep that Spurs series. They they easily you know well, they get lost that one. the Spurs they lost the Spurs game with Cat so that part that that's true but I, I'm just saying like if he, if he yes. wasn't also coming in with one arm you know what I mean oh yeah yeah like yeah, they, yeah right if they would have had him normal that's, that's fair um and, but no I, I and don't we think, have more they'd have more of a sense of who they were so like they could just be getting better every yeah as every yep. game goes on it's like and like maybe things change in like the Blazers game because you actually have a big guy that can like play some defense on Nurkic yep. um you know like things could he, you can't understate because even if he doesn't score the thirty points that you lost by, he still sets up so much other stuff and saves some points. And yeah, do you have do you have any? I I, I hot think takes? I'll give you two. And there, let's uh, please delete this podcast if it doesn't get close to this. But <laughs> so they are they are three and a half games out of the eight spot right now. The Timberwolves are the Grizzlies are seven and six. But again, it feels like they're thirty five games back. I think, and this isn't optimism, this is just a thought, I think they will get hot while other teams kind of shut it down. Because, again, when March Madness starts to kick around and we start to see all these guys on, like, primetime, Kate Cunningham and all these guys, teams will just shut it down, right? So, like, the Orlando Magic are already broken in terms of injuries and faults and stuff. You could see them either ship Aaron Gordon out and tank or just shut him down and tank. I think the Wolves will finish... I think we'll have at least one week of a conversation about those play-in games. I think we have like a week where like, hey, if they if they go two and one this week, they could be in the ten seed for the play-in game. So I still think that's an optimistic thing. I also think another one. I think Rubio doesn't last. I, I I'm, I'm born on October seventh. I don't think Rubio is here on October seventh, twenty twenty-one. I just oh, don't yeah. think it's worked. I think he's yeah. a contract. Um, I think it was a great story to bring him back. It sucks that there's been no fans. It would be ironic to trade him before you can have fans in the building. But I think Gerse is itching to make a move. And that's the contract to do with. So with him, do you think it was like, I can't make the move with James Johnson this year. So I need to get another deal that's going to expire next year so I can make the deal next year and find the perfect player to make with that $17 million. Because I wonder if that's not part of it. I I do like I I know that people say that you know the flipping flipping James Johnson essentially for Rubio just added another year on the books, but the problem if James Johnson was on this team, although he would be beneficial because his team yep, does lack would. toughness. Um, if the team was going through the exact same shit that they're going through now, three and nine, all we would be talking about right now is how we're going to dump James Johnson because he's an expiring contract. Yep. So there wouldn't be a lot to do with him right now because the team sucks. So at least with Rubio, because again, like the benefit of an expiring contract is that teams can use it to then clear book like cap space. The yep. Wolves wouldn't have James Johnson's rights in three months. So yep. I'm with you. I, I I do think that's the case. And I think again, if you think if if you like him or love him or hate him, if you don't think Gerson Rosas and Sasha Gupta and all those guys are literally have a timer in the front office on when every single guy can be traded, I think you're, you're mistaken. Because I think they want to make another splash move, and I think they want to bring in another forward. Like, I think they, too, hate watching Wancho play basketball. So even though they signed yeah. him, 
They kind of had to because it's like you said, he can still play. And it's $7 million for a couple of years, right? Because I think it's just two years and then a player option. Um, yeah, and it's, it's not even $7 million. You know, it's like... Or team option, I should say, little, team option. This year's a little bit under, and then the third year's a little bit more um, when that's the that's the team option. So, yeah. So, like so then you're looking at, then you're looking at what? Rubio, years. Rubio and Wancho combined for like, what, $24 million for the next season? Yeah. And then the following year for Wancho, the team option. So you're looking at possibly $24 million of an expiring deal for the, and again, I know it, they're bad, but for the summer that Dane's been talking about for years, like it's this summer, man. Like I know they don't have a pick or they might have a pick, but it's, it's this yeah. summer that they make that, that next move because I, we don't have time to get into this and I, we should talk about it next time. But like I've liked so much what I've seen from Malik Beasley that I think any hot take that involves him being sent out is wrong because I think that yep, dude is I agree. a cornerstone for what they're trying to do. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, I, I think your takes are pretty spot on. I think that's a that's a good... I have I have one more. So the, the Wolves are obviously like six games under 500, right? Yep. I think at some point this year, they will be within a few games, like three two, three games of being 500. Like, I think they'll get there. And it'll probably happen... It would have to happen probably relatively sooner rather than later because the further they get away from it, it'll be tough. But I think there's a chance to get close to 500 again. I, and now, I, think I don't that's think a great it's going to sustain, sustain all season. But, like, if Cat does come back, even after the Warriors games, like, there's some winnable games that come up right after that. Then they play the Sixers, who are good. Then it's Cavs, Cavs, Spurs, Thunder, Thunder. And then you got Mavericks and Clippers, and you got the Hornets and the Raptors, who have looked bad. Right, but the Mavericks like, have looked bad. You know what I mean? Like they're they're I think under five hundred. They're like tenth in the West. The Clippers, if you catch them at home, you never know. The Hornets, you know what I mean? Like again, you and I are being optimists again, but yeah, I think a that's a good take pick. too. Yeah, if 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 they can, if they come out tomorrow and beat the Magic, if they could beat the Magic and go to four and nine, and then you sniff the Hawks game, you're five and nine. Everything looks a lot different. But I'm with you, yep. man. Like it, it. If you're listening to this, first of all, thank you. But if you're listening yeah. to this, uh, it's not fun to to lose. I get it, um, and it's tough to keep making excuses for this team. But the thing that I keep coming back to, and I've told you this before, is like, if you why why do you watch the team then? You know what I mean? Like they've yeah. given you no reason to be a fan. They've never had enough success. Like go cheer for someone else. But if I'm gonna watch this, it's not gonna be doom and gloom because I do yeah. think. And I want to say I'll wrap my point up with this, and I do want like just maybe a yes or no or a little background. I think this is one of the more talented teams I've watched in ten years. Not even covering again, you were a baby ten years ago, but I think just talent wise, this is one of the better rosters in ten years. They've just had four games of their best player, <laughs> and I think that yeah is skewing everyone's thoughts. Yeah, even like top to bottom, it could it it could rival like the year they made the playoffs, just like talent wise. Like yep. this roster is. Clo- not it's not it's not as talented I don't think but like when you think top to bottom and like intriguing pieces you have for the future it yep. trumps that it trumps yep. that year so uh, but yeah I know you do have to get out and I, that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about so thanks again Kyle for coming on I do appreciate it um, any last any last words for for people that are feeling down no I, I would just again it's tough Good. I would say if you don't if you don't if you're not having fun right now watching them i know we're talking about Jaden mcdaniels by the way i'm excited to read that so make sure you promote that when it comes out but uh i will i don't think you and i thought we'd be talking about Jaden mcdaniels 12 12 games in 
but I just think that sometimes. Do you remember? This will be my closing thing. Do you remember bat or remember life last April, May, June, and July, like when we didn't tough. have basketball? Britt Robson said this the other day on Twitter, but bad bas- bad NBA basketball is still better than no NBA basketball. No basketball. Yeah. And with all mm-hmm. the rumors sometimes about the Wolves moving and stuff, like I love that franchise, even though they deserve none of my love, none of my attention. I love them. So I'm going to keep coming back. I think this is like the darkest moment. This weekend could be good. They could win a, a game or two. But I think when you get Carl back, it's going to start to be more fun. Um, and I think, and again, too, this and at least you, you can dissect what the team is doing because everybody's like healthy you know like yep. if you lose it's like okay you had everybody now what went wrong what can we fix for next time because you don't want to completely change everything when your best player is not going to be there and if nothing else this team is the worst team in the league but i think has some of the best coverage in all of the nba because i am plugged into Agreed. other nba circles i talked to other site managers at sb like the the coverage your pod Jake's pod Dane's pod all these pods and stuff all these articles Wolf Among Wolves Canis like you can at least learn something man so just tune in try not to focus on the result for a couple more weeks be critical of things be critical of Ryan be critical of D- D'Angelo Russell but um, bad basketball is better than no basketball that's always my thing yeah. so that's it I think I think we'll leave it at that so again that's Kyle Tige thanks for coming on Kyle. And I'm Brendan, and I will be back soon, so make sure you tune in. But thanks for listening. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.